violently in the front row. And so does Stephanie, because I have very little. If there's four types we're talking about and lining it up, we, we know that I'm Matthew probably and John, and then Mark's probably third. And I'd have to say that Luke is probably going to be the last on that level. And everybody seems to agree in the room. So um, I want to invite Pastor Rick to come up. Stephanie's going to talk to us. Maybe some other surprises. I have no idea. That's how those, that's how those Lucans are. A little bit of Mark mixed in with them. So, uh, Pastor Rick, take it away. So before I start today, I'd ask that you would uh, be in prayer for a family, the family of Louise Nornas. Louise is my second cousin. Um, she has, over the last several years, bunches of years, probably 15, 20, 30 years, had three episodes where she fought breast cancer. And um, this past Wednesday, um, she won a battle to her final resting place. And that sounds weird to say she won a battle. But in our conversation, she and I discussed, you know, the, the pros and the cons of, of breast cancer and what the ultimate win would be. And she would always say to me, the ultimate win would be with my family uh, who has gone on before. So she won. Uh, she won this past Wednesday. I found out about it Friday because her fam- the rest of her family doesn't know how to get a hold of me. So I found out through social media, actually. And that's actually why I'm wearing pink today. Mm. Really, uh, to prove two things, real guys can wear pink. And real guys will stand up and make a difference um, in speaking out for the work that needs to be done to stop breast cancer and all of the diseases that are taking people's lives so early. So would you pray with me for just one moment? Lord, I thank you for Louise, who was an amazing person in my life, the journeys that we've had. But Lord, there are so many others who are like Louise, that have touched lives, that have transformed families, that have stood up and made a difference in their community and their world. And during this period of time of of remembering breast cancer awareness, we ask, oh God, that you would be with Louise's family, with Tracy and all of the uh, um, with all of the, the family members. So we just ask, Lord, that you would be with them. And now, Lord, in this time of worship, we ask, O oh God, that, um, that your word would be spoken through Debbie, through Stephanie, and through me, that, that you might um, be glorified and that you might speak to us in new ways, either because of what we say or even, Lord, in spite of what we say. We will give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Lucan disciples are all about being together. They gather together. So over the last nine months, which has seemed like 50 years, to be a person who who appreciates Luke and the way that Luke wrote about how we do evangelism and discipleship, we are dying. (laughs) I mean, you might as well just shoot us because this is painful. Thanks be to God for something called Zoom that I can actually see people face to face. 
But quite frankly, I want to reach out and grab them and touch them. And, and every time I do that, I almost break the screen of the computer. Lucans are persons who follow the example in a lot of ways, or at least who, who relate to the writings of the work of Luke. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, we read these words. Then they gathered, listen, listen to some of these words, they gathered around him. Not, not away from him. They gathered in community around him and asked him, Lord, are you, go, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the dates or the times that the Father will set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. Implicit in this, in this writing, implicit in this scripture, is the fact that they are not going to be sitting on their butt somewhere trying to talk to someone. They are going to be going out and being in community. In a great deal of Luke's writings we see that intentional gathering in community is a tool for setting up ministry to do discipleship. As a matter of fact, in, in Luke um, 10.1, we see that, that family was important, or gathering was important. When Jesus told his disciples to go out, what did he say? Y'all go wherever you want to go. Actually, he said, go out in pairs. There was something about going out in pairs in community. You find support. You find security. But you find love and community as you gather together. And, and for Luke's writings, as I've looked at Luke and I've looked at Acts, all I see is, is Luke reminding us that, that we need to be together as people. We need to be gathering. It is part of our DNA as persons who understand who Luke is and, and who like to follow Luke's teachings. And even in Luke 24, it's interesting to me that in the Emmaus Road story, you remember that story, right? The disciples, the, the, some of Jesus' followers had seen the crucifixion, had seen the burial, and needed to get out of town. And they began to walk down a road toward Emmaus. And pretty much they were depressed. They were just complaining and moaning about how this could be because Jesus had promised so many things and they thought things were going to be different. And then a stranger came. And he began to teach them. He began to teach them of all the things that Jesus had said to them. And the evening came to the end. It was getting toward evening. And those disciples decided they were going to stop for the day. And they invited the stranger to have a meal with them. They were good Lucans. And in the breaking of the bread, their eyes were open. And they saw that the stranger 
was Jesus in their presence. And as soon as they recognized it, he disappeared. And this is the telling thing for me, because what they said was, wasn't our hearts burning within us as he broke bread with us? Forget all of the conversation that happened. Wasn't our heart burning? How could we have not seen who it was, especially as he was beginning to break bread, as he began to enter into community? Whether you understand you yourself being like Luke or not, the last nine months has been difficult because all of us, in some ways, want community in some form. If you're Matthew, probably from an arm's distance. If you're John, a little bit different. And, and Mark, a little bit different. Community comes from worship for Mark. I know that really well because I'm also kind of a little bit of a, a Mark follower as well. But for Luke, community, gathering, being together, so important to who we are and what we do. And as we've struggled through that, there have been a lot of joys. And Debbie's going to come and share a little bit about that. Good morning. It should really come to no surprise to any of you that I'm a Luke, predominantly Luke, with a side of Matthew. That's no surprise either. When I took the, the survey and took the test, it, it lists out several things, and as I read through it, it's just spot on. Point after point after point, it was like they wrote it about me. <laughs> it was really interesting. And Lucans love people. We are people who need people, and that's me. I need to be around people. Most of the time for Lucans, people are the mission. It's not just the mission itself. It's the people involved in that mission. I see that a lot in myself when I do Room in the Inn. I love to sit around the tables and talk with the gentlemen. I love to walk, to, I walk around to every single table a couple of times and talk to them, make sure they're okay, make sure they don't need anything, things like that. Also with Feed the Need, as they come in, the Johannians and the Markins can do the organization and the putting it together and talking about how it flows. But my favorite part is talking with the people as they come in and, and just walking through this sanctuary and talking to them and things like that. That's, that's where I find my best that I'm doing. We're also potluck people. We love to fellowship. We love to be a part of that. We gravitate towards people gathering, and we love to gather with people and just share life with them. Kind of a, maybe a little downfall of Lucan's, we're slow to accept change. And I do find myself in that position a lot. We don't take a lot of risk because change means people leave. And when people leave, Lucan's are deeply hurt. And I've experienced that several times in this church as Brittany left and as Brother Dimon left and, you know, people around me leave. I, I don't like that because <laughs> I just don't like losing people. And... Most of the time when Lucans have a choice to stay or to leave, it's easier to stay because it means less change. And I'm still here. (laughs) 
So, and, and the praise team did a song last week called Come to the Table. That's one of my most favorite songs because it talks about just coming to the table, not physically, but also spiritually, and coming and just sitting around, and he invites everyone to that table, everyone, and it lists all kinds of different people. I just love that song so much. And, Jeremy, it's okay if you're not a Lucan. I had a pastor tell me, or a professor tell me one time, it takes all kinds. And we need all kinds of people. Constance and I discovered just a little while ago that we complement each other so well because I'm a Lucan and she's Johannian, and that's why we work so well together. So, thank you. For people who are Lucan or who identify with Luke, it's important for them to, to be in community, as I said, and it's not only because they need to be fed kind of emotionally, but it is literally part of their spiritual DNA. And I've asked Stephanie if she would share kind of a little bit about what that looks like in, in her life. Good morning. So, it's kind of hard to express what it is to be a Lucan without sounding needy. Um, (laughs) So, I'm going to share with you a little snippet um, of how I fit into the Lucan discipleship. I moved here when I was 16 years old. I was on Christmas break of my junior year in high school. That was the hardest time of my entire life. Leaving my family and friends in Iowa. And I didn't I don't like change, especially when that change is to the south, when you're from the north, that's mm, the y'alls and the cowboy hats, which is what I thought I was moving to, but realized that wasn't the case. Um, so I racked up Many, many, many dollars of long-distance phone bills, calling my friends back in Iowa every day. And once we moved here, we immediately started attending this church. And immediately we were welcomed. And for 13 years, that church family grew, and I belonged. I was involved in youth group, volleyball team volunteered missions and different ministries. Then in 2011, my parents moved to St. Louis. Ben was a newborn. Alex's parents had already moved to Florida. Our family had left. But for 23 years here at Good Shepherd, there's been times I've considered leaving. But my church family is what has kept me here. After mom and dad moved, people called, people checked in, people made us dinner, just like my parents or Alex's parents would have done. And because of that, I've established closer relationships with those people. They've taken the place of my parents here in Tennessee. And eventually, I became on staff. So there is a message, one of my favorite messages in the Bible. 
is John 15:12, and it says, "Love each other as I have loved you." In other words, love God and love others. Without God and without friends, I'm lost. Don't get me wrong; I love my quiet time, but I need people. You are my people. You are my family. You are my church. I'm here for you. I'm here for your kids. I'm here as your family. I miss everyone so much. Like Rick had said, this time is killing us as Lugans. Um, I long and I pray so hard for the day when all those kids, when I can have 20 kids gather in the back of the sanctuary after offering. It's hard. My soul, my soul needs you. I need you to thrive, to learn, to love, and to connect. And Lucans don't like change. I don't like the unknown. I have, I most of the time, I have a plan. I don't like to walk into things without a plan. I don't charter the unknown well. The book of Luke, it also includes more parables than any other gospel. Which makes sense. Parables, gatherings, stories, friends. And I have mastered the meeting after the meeting. And a lot of times, I'm the last one to leave. But I need that time. I need that connection. Luke shares that Jesus met with small groups of of people in their homes. Now, I have been a part of a small group for about the last year. And I wasn't sure that I would fit into this group. But I have had some of the most spiritually mind-blowing talks. And my faith has grown so much stronger, so much more understanding, and so much more wonder at the same time. And that group, even though it's a small group, is my family closer is my family. (laughs) Luke was with Paul until the end of his life. Luke was a loyal friend. He remained even when all the others left. I'm like that. I don't have a specific story like Brittany did the day she delivered her talk, but I am loyal So, my friends, my family, you make me thrive, both in love and in faith. I love you, each and every one of you. So pretty much I don't have to say anything else. Wow. Thank you, guys. As disciples who follow a model that Luke 
shared. We worship. We enjoy worship. But the business of worship is developing relationships. So when we come, as Stephanie, you know, I I never thought about it, but there are a few people that I know that are the last people out of this building, me being included. And it's because worship continues beyond the benediction for us. Worship is about the community that we live in and the God who called us to community and continues to call us in community. Luke speaks a lot about table fellowship. That's, that's worship for me. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not the food as much as it is what happens around the table. And I have jokingly said so many times, Jesus, like a good little Jewish boy, gathered and taught and changed lives around the food. The food became the mechanism that brought people together. And then Jesus did His teaching and His loving and His discipling around that table. In Acts Acts and in Luke, we see communities gathering in true Jewish table fellowship. I think to Easter or, or Passover and think about how from the time of Jesus until now, how the story of the provisions of God occur, it happens around the table. As families fellowship and as families share meal and as families communicate about how God has provided. Not only is the table fellowship important, but it's equally important to understand for people who understand who Luke is, is that nobody... Nobody, nobody is excluded. Everyone is welcome to the table. And in Luke 15, we see three parables. The first one, um, yeah, I forgot I put that in there, Davis. Everyone's included, even the grumpy ones. We try to avoid them a little bit, but the grumpy ones are even welcome at the table because you know what? We believe that God's love and God's power is going to transform them. (laughs) In Luke chapter 15, um, we read these words. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open, excuse me, in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and said, Rejoice with me, I have found the lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner 
who repents than over the 99 persons who don't need to repent. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You see, it is about community. <clears throat> but community is the way that, that people come to know God. And when one is missing, it drives Lucans crazy. See, that's why I, I think about Pastor Jeremy sometimes and, and some of the conversations we've had. And I'm not going to share all of them. But one of the things of his heart I know is that he wants to see the community together. So somewhere deep down there, there's a little bit of Luke in hiding. <laughs> because, because it is about coming together and we don't want to see one lost. Our gathering is about more than just gathering. Our gathering is about bringing people to Christ and helping them feel Christ's love and helping them say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I would challenge you that as we think about gathering, we need to think about gathering as a means to an end. <laughs> it's not just about us needing to feel warm and fuzzy. It's not just about us needing that. But it's, it's about us also helping others come in and see the goodness of God and the goodness of God's love and, and love them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. There are two other parables in that section of Luke. And, and interestingly, they are the only two... Luke is the only book that um, includes these two stories. The one is about the parable of the lost coin in Luke 15, 8 through 10. And the other is the parable um, of the last lost son in Luke 15, 11, 32. Again, in both situations, one thing was lost. But it's interesting as I look at that, what happens when that thing or person, I will not call the son a thing, that thing or person is found? Do you remember the stories? There's a big celebration. And I think it's a celebration because we like community, but I think it's also a celebration because we understand that that which was lost is now in the fold. The person, you know, Jesus saying, there will be more celebration in heaven over the one lost soul that comes than for the 99 who have already come. It is about being community, excuse me, in community complete. So as Lucans, we love the gospel. I think as Christians, we need to love the word. We need to love worship. We need to love all of all of that which makes our fellowship what it is. But if we forget that the one thing that's missing is the other, then we totally forget what it means to be a disciple of Luke. Because Luke calls us to gather people in.
in a really unique way to be part of the family. And I heard that from Stephanie. I heard that from Debbie. And for me, as a single guy who moved over 800 miles to a new community to take a new job, visiting 65 churches, but never leaving here. You are family. Whether you call yourself a Lucan disciple or not, you live out that, 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 that ethos, that, that energy of a family that welcomes and includes people like me that need it. Isn't it really cool? God has created us. He has created us with different gifts and different attitudes and, and different opportunities and brought us together in one sunshine strange family that loves each other. So let's really quickly kind of do the synopsis of what a person who understands themselves as being kind of a Lucan in nature is. Number one. And, and this one I struggle with. These are the typical characteristics. And thank God they said typical. Because I am atypical. Shut up. <laughs> in this one. I am atypical in this one. Lucans don't like change. I love change. <laughs> I, I am juiced by change. I strive to find change and make change happen. <laughs> well, I think it's because, I think I like the change because it opens up new opportunities for new people to come in and be part of the gathering. See, so many times we face on, we, we, we focus and face all of our time, our, use all of our time and our energy looking at what we might lose. I tend to look at what we can gain. When change happens, not drastic change necessarily, but when change happens, we have an opportunity to embrace the, 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 the positive things that that change is going to bring. If a grain of wheat or corn doesn't change, there's no fruit. So rather than mourn the fact that there's not going to be a grain anymore, I tend to celebrate the fact that there's going to be a massive amount of fruit. But it's true. Many Luke's are afraid of change, not because of change, but because they're afraid that the change is going to cause people, relationships to end. Luke's are people of mission. Debbie mentioned that. But it's not mission for the sake of any, for the sake of just anything. It's really a mission that helps to bring people together and start relationships. Lucans love to share life together. They are potluck people. Look, I'm convinced that pretty much every 
Methodist probably should be a Lutheran because we love our fellowship meals. Actually, there's a joke in the north that wherever two or more Methodists are gathered, there is food and an offering. <laughs> you know, that's who we are. But, but there is, again, something about that good Jewish tradition of Jesus, I think, that talks about table worship and table fellowship where learning can be. Fourth, for Luke, this phrase is everything. Can't we just all get along? When you love relationships, you hate it when people just want to pick at each other. I think I told you a few months ago, I have actually fasted from news because I can't stand it. Jesus took the Ten Commandments and summarized them this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. In another place he said, love your neighbor as you have been loved. And I use that one more often because sometimes as I watch people in relationships, I'm not sure if they love each other or not. Love themselves, let alone each other. Can't we just all get along? Why do we have to bicker? Luke would say, come and gather. Have some food. (laughs) Let's talk. And that brings me to the last one. Luke's need to talk. They can write. They can do all kinds of things. But given a choice, they actually want to be face-to-face in conversation. Because that's how relationships work so much better with each other. As we've been talking about what it means to be a Matthew or a Mark or a Luke disciple, or a John, sorry. Don't want to forget anybody. Remember, we like community. We've been talking about some of the unique characteristics that each of us have. The things that make us who we are and how we identify them. I think I have some of those up, don't I, David? The next screen. People who, uh, your family is everything. Next one. Lucan's focus on relationships. Family is is everything for Lucan's. It is about being in community. Next one. Markans are inspired by the Holy Spirit. They they're kind of more free will and and Jeremy will tell me after this that the service was about Luke, but it was a good Markan service. <laughs> Next. Johannans naturally uh, are nurtured by a mentor-apprentice relationship. And then finally, Matheans are action-driven. While all of us tend to gravitate toward one of those, what makes us so unique is that within us are some of the characteristics of all of them. And God uses, I believe, those things to unite us as a family and make us uniquely created. 
So my friends, whether you're a Matthew, whether you're a Mark, a, a Luke, or a John, in the way that you see or visualize the way that you relate to communities, understand um, that there are pieces of you that are the other. And that God uses the other to connect us. There is that little bit of Luke that's in Jeremy that connects him to us because he wants community. He wants it organized, but he wants community. There's a little bit of part of, of, of Luke in, in um, Davis up there. I was getting ready to say dude. That's all I've been calling him lately. In Davis. He, he wants a free-flowing spirit, and he's okay to just go in whatever way, but he wants community. And I love being spirit-driven. I love being open to the possibilities of what God has in store for me. But I want family. <laughs> So let God use who you are and how you've been created. Let God use the, the positive idiosyncrasies and, and those few things that make you a little grumpy to bring us together as a family. A family who eats together, who loves together, who serves together, who cries together. who shares with each other, who mentors each other. And when you get frustrated, remember God has created you in a way that has been described in the Gospels. And that Matthean part of you, or that Lucan part of you, or that Johannan part of you, uh, or that Markan part of you, <laughs> maybe coming out a little bit more and you're frustrated because you're not seeing it. But understand, through it all, God will unite us. May that be so in everything that we do. So one of the things... So one of the things that, as a good Lucan, I need to do, and that is to remind you that God wants you to be part of the community and the family. God wants you to be part of, of this thing. And I never dare to believe that Everybody is in the place that they need to be on their journey with Christ. I know in my life, many times, I fall away from that journey. So I would ask you, remind you, that this is a safe place. That God wants you to be in relationship. And if you're not, that can happen today. We're going to be, the, the, our closing song is Heart of Worship, We Fall Down.
we fall down, we lay it down at the feet of, of Jesus. We want to come back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. If you're not where you need to be in this strange COVID world that we live in, it's hard to have one-on-one conversation. But in God's world, you can because all you need to say is, God, I need you now. I need you now for this. I need you now for safety, for protection. I need you now to be my Savior. I need you now for joy. I need you now for hope. I need you now for... And you fill in that blank. And God being a good Johannan (laughs) says, here I am. Come and join my family. So as we conclude with this song, take some time and have a one-on-one conversation with your daddy, with God.
good news is that God is with us. Whether, we're this, whether we follow Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, you know, Jesus was asked about that one time, you know, who do we follow? Jesus said, follow me. We are created in unique ways so that we are, are emulating, if you would, or, or depicting or showing some of the characteristics of one of the other disciples, one or the other of the disciples But God has created us to be in family. God has created us to bear each other's burdens. And it's been a long journey. And there's still a long journey ahead. And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about life. We have a long journey ahead. God has created us to be in family. I'm a good Luke. He's created us to be in family so that we might bear each other's burdens and love each other. So, wherever you are, you don't have to do it alone. Give us a call. Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Louise, myself, or or somebody in your community, give them a call and know that God is there. May the grace and peace of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you, guide you, love you, direct you, but most importantly, hug you in all that you do. Go in peace. Amen.